Okay, you want to start it? Here we go. Wind Down with Jana Kramer, an iHeartRadio podcast. We are winding down in Nashville, y'all. Woohoo! Hey, girls, you were supposed to come in on that. (laughs) I I am in the studio right now. I'm actually, we're actually in the uh, Bobby Bones studio. And uh, we are in Nashville, Tennessee. And I'm here with my rider dies. I've got Beth to my right. Say what up? What up? (laughs) I've got Catherine, who is uh, shaking in the corner. (laughs) Hey, guys. (laughs) And I got my girl Leslie over there. Hey, hey. Hey, hey. (laughs) So um, these girls are. These are my girls. Like, we've all been through it together in one way or the other. Can we agree with that? Lots of ways. Lots of ways. Lots and lots of ways. (laughs) Lots and lots of ways. Um, And they're really nervous. And I'm trying to tell them to not be nervous because we're all friends. We talk all the time. This is just what we do, right? This is normal. This is normal. Um, So I've known Catherine for... Catherine is my manager, day-to-day manager, and... Um, turned best friend and then she's friends with Beth and then Leslie was my neighbor it well we're moving but is my neighbor turned friend but um yeah this it's been crazy I'm here we've been packing the house and the house is packed but I'm girls it was tough it was hard leaving I mean that I think the hardest was um we I made Mike and I sit down because there were two things that I was like, I don't want to bring this to the other house and then have like that bad feeling again when I see it. So I was like, I want to sit down with you and go through these pictures because I had like a, I made them this photo album, our very first year of marriage. And at the end it was like, I can't wait to see what the next year holds. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it was like, I, know. I was like, well, we know what that next year held, but, um, but we like went through it and it was just like, it was a very like good healing thing, which was nice. But, um, so yeah. is it going or is it not going? It's going but now it's going to be like, we already went through it. Okay. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but Catherine and Beth were actually there when <clears throat> I discovered everything. Remember that day? At the happiest place on earth. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, isn't that the most ironic thing ever? Yeah. I mean, we were in freaking Disney World. Oh. Y'all called me from Disney. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I was at that hotel the other day. Do you get the memories oh, too? Oh, it's yeah, bad. Every single time I go back there, it's a That better. dining room table. Oh. <sighs> every time. It's a diamond resort. So I, I um, Oops. <laughs> play for them in, in Orlando. And it's just, we sit there. Like, I just, I'll never forget us three sitting there and then FaceTiming him. Yeah. And then call, we called Leslie. And I was just like, oh, God. It was intense. Lots of wine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of wine. Lots of tears. It was a long night. It was a long night. Yeah. And then Leslie got to see the other part of me when I was in the, I'll never forget, I was in the garage and I was <laughs> slamming his Xboxes with a hammer. I literally was taking his Xboxes because he said that was his only vice. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> so I was taking, a, like, I literally a hammer to his Xboxes and Leslie walks in. She goes, okay. <laughs> Put I saw the results down. of that. It was, it was bad. Well, you wouldn't open the garage door, so I opened it. Yeah. I was like, let me in. In. I was like, like no. whack, whack. whack. I'm like, let me in. <laughs> she wouldn't let me in. Yeah. That's amazing. It was it was funny now. It wasn't funny then. I just had my baby in studio. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot he was here. Um, so we also have another little small visitor. Um, Beth just had a baby, Davy. So 
Baby Davy's joining. Ba- baby Davy. But, you know, all is well now, so we good. <laughs> just moving just, on. Just wanted to go down memory lane there for a second with my with my girls. Um, I want to talk about parenting pet peeves because mm-hmm. I feel like we all have some very interesting pet peeves. So uh, who wants to go first? One, this is just a weird thing with me, I think, but I hate it when um, Jeff calls my kids dudes. Dudes? He's like, what come on, dude. I'm like, what is <laughs> They have a name. How is that helpful? Right. No. That's it. Yeah. Really? Well, no, <laughs> of course. Not my that's only all Beth has. That's just what popped into my head just then. Were you mad when he came home the other day? Was he actually mad at me, by the way? No. Okay. Why? Well, because I felt like when, because so I was watching The Bachelorette with um, Beth and Rachel, and he was at work all day, and you, um, you had the baby and the two other kids all day and you've worked a really long day too. And he comes home and he's like, I need me time. And it's like, well, what? <laughs> Jana like, totally called him out too. She I was believe like, it. I think that's what you just had. Now take the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, know, I know. And I didn't like mean to say that, but I saw your look. So I was like, all right, I'm going to, but it's like, you're like, yes, you're home with the kids, but that is equally as hard as being, on your feet all day working and I mean that's the well and I work too yeah so you're yeah. working trying to do emails trying to do calls and you've got three kids and a freaking baby latched on your boob right now yep. you know so it's like that's hard work but and he's allowed to go have his time well yeah he had gone to dinner with his friends so what that's yeah. why I was like and I was like hey don't you want to come hold your baby and he's like I'm gonna go outside and have some me time and I saw her luck and I was like no, actually, you're going to come hold your baby. <laughs> and I was like, I should have like not over it. <laughs> he was just like, you know, I was like, well, he hates me now. I but. liked it. No, he wasn't mad at all. But yeah, I. But what is he was going to go smoke a cigar, and I was like, just don't smoke the cigar and take the baby outside. Right. But which takes forever, by the way. A cigar. When they say they're going to go smoke a cigar, it takes so long. It's like when they go to the bathroom. Right. That's <laughs> oh exactly my god! I was just How thinking. long does it take you to go to the bathroom? Well, Mike's in there, sitting there. It's like thirty, and he's calling right now. I ain't answering it. Sorry, buddy. We're talking about you right now. <laughs> but like, it takes him like thirty minutes, and I go in. And he's playing playing his golf game as he's like taking yep. a you know what. All right. To be fair, what I've done that really? Yeah. I mean, like I try, I, but it doesn't work. Yeah. Well, it only works if they're home to keep the kids. Otherwise, I just go into the bathroom, shut the door. I was done five minutes ago, <laughs> but I'm still sitting in there like, oh my God, it's quiet in here. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's I get quiet. that. I'm alone. No one's asking me for anything until they stick their fingers under the door. Mommy, can you see my fingers? Can you see my fingers? And I'm like, where's Chris? <laughs> the problem is, is yeah, the dad is the there, but yet they still ask you for everything. That's what drives me crazy. I've I will totally say in, locked myself in the bathroom. Oh, I have to. I will say in defense, I take very long showers. So I'll sit there on my little stool. I'll steam. So I guess that's my pooping. Mm. <laughs> you know yeah, because I mean? your pooping does not take long. No. <laughs> Thank you, Catherine. <laughs> Thank you. I don't have a gallbladder, people. All right, so my poop goes right through me. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you very much. <sighs> awesome. Um, what's yours, Catherine? Does it have to be about my own husband or other people? Oh, it can be about other people. I also want to talk about Ooh. what we we totally mom shame the other night Ooh. when we were at the movie theater. At the theater? Oh yeah, I know. We but, did. Okay, so here's the thing, Leslie. We went to go see um, Jurassic World. Mm-hmm. And there was kids in front of us that were three years old. Three, four, and like... Very young. A six-year-old. 
I mean, there's there's a dude being eaten apart by a dinosaur, and we're like, those kids are too young for that. Yeah, and then I was like, okay. holy crap, I'm mom shaming. Well, they're gonna have nightmares. I mean, it's mom shaming if you're like, she's such a crappy mom because she took her kid to the movie. It's another thing to say, oh my god, I don't think I'd ever do that. True. That child is four and doesn't belong in a movie where people are being torn apart by monsters that they think are real. Right. I don't yeah. necessarily think that's mom shaming. I think that's, is it passing a little bit of judgment? Maybe. Okay. So that can be different. That can be construed as two different things. I think then. so. Yeah. And you're not doing it I agree. publicly. Like you maybe made a little comment to Catherine. But well, I think they may have heard us. I think they did too. I know. But that dad was kind of annoying. Well, and he kept uh-huh. going back on the seats and then their kids kept farting. So I couldn't even enjoy the movie. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, bad. and that's another reason why you don't take a four-year-old to a movie because they can't sit still in a movie no. that they don't find even interesting. Okay, but Beth did take her baby though. But <laughs> <laughs> That's Beth. She totally takes her babies different. everywhere. <laughs> but I think it's different because it's a baby. Right? Well, he the- spends what? 95% of his time sleeping? Yeah. He and on the boob. the whole thing. And, and he's too young to remember times, any of it. But it wasn't bad. <laughs> Catherine's like, actually, he cried two times, but it's all good. No one was <laughs> I happy. love that you knew exactly how many times he cried. <laughs> Jana. <laughs> okay, so what's your pet peeve for other people? Well, I was going to say, and I can't say, because my husband's very good at this, but men oh, that, sweet. that Nick, don't, that? yes, Nick, you're very good at it, but men that don't help. Mm. Number one pet peeve. When I see it in my friend's husband's, I want to do like what you did the other night. It's so hard for me to not say something. Have you said something before? To others? Yeah. Probably. Like what I did to... <laughs> yeah. I've probably done it to Jeff and Kevin a time or two. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm not saying they don't help. But I get very like... And again, Nick does a lot. So right. I, you know, but it's like, it's not just the mom's job to raise the kids. Yeah. And do everything for the kids. I will say Nick is incredible with that. I yeah, mean, he he's is. like, he does the laundry. He helps the laundry. He oh, helps yeah. with, you know, cooking. Oh, he cooks. I don't even cook. <laughs> so I will give him that. He is a great dad. But it, it I don't give him a lot of choice, too, mm-hmm. I will say. But I also work a lot, you know, and but so do other women. You know, right. I just it frustrates me. Sometimes yeah. I think it's, though, the mom's fault in that. A hundred percent. Because they're I do agree man. with you. Or because they're just so controlling. They want to yep. do it their way. So they do everything. Yep. Well, I think they set it up that way. Mm hmm. Do you think you yeah. did that with your husband? Set it up so that he can do nothing? Yeah. Um, maybe a little bit. Uh-huh. Maybe a little bit. But, you know, in fairness, he it's a 50-50 thing. He doesn't, he doesn't cook. He flat out doesn't cook. Mm-hmm. He, I knew that going into it. And so our agreement always was, you cook, and then he cleans up. And I don't mind cooking. I truthfully don't mind cooking. I cannot stand to load a dishwasher. So for us, it works out great. I don't like to unload it either Same. for that matter. But, you know, so it works out great. But that that was our agreement from the beginning is that I would cook and he would clean up. Mm-hmm. I think what, I, if I'm allowed to say this, is you sometimes feel like you're, and I think a lot of parents feel this, is you feel like you're not fun. So Chris is fun. Like, remember when well, was, was yeah. it Sean or Drew that sent that the mommy's thing oh yes this hurt yeah it was um i think it was a father's day thing and you know how at school they'll give the kids a questionnaire to fill out about you know to fill in the blank basically about dad and i forget exactly what it said but it was um it was something along the lines i don't even remember which kid it was i think it might have been drew it was something along the lines of um 
daddy plays with me and he's always so much fun and he always has my back. And I was like, oh, oh, wait a minute. Have your back. <laughs> Have your hold on. That's not even fair. But in fairness to whichever child it was that was saying this, mm. he was just thinking in context of Chris. But it stung because I was like, I I stay home with you and he's rock star dad. But the flip side is when they're hurt or they're sad or something's upset them, they usually come to me. Mm-hmm. So it's it's it goes both ways, sword. but yeah. it's it's yeah stings when they say it in front of you that stings you know because i feel like i've given up a large portion of my life for these kids yeah well my mother's day thing said the the best thing my mom cooks is bagels (laughs) (laughs) so there i mean it's kind of true it's so true i'm good at putting them in a toaster (laughs) that's fantastic um what's your pet peeve um, I think my pet peeve is when parents don't parent their kids, like in like in public or around other people. Like it, correct the kid? Yeah. Like, so for example, there are kids running around a restaurant and there's, so I watched this go down. It's a busy restaurant. It's not, a fa- it's definitely a kid place, but it's a busy restaurant and the seats are in the middle of the of the aisle. And so the waiters and waitresses are going up either side of the table and these kids are running around the table and these waiters are, you know, have trays full of hot food. And I want so bad to say, Oh my God, get out of the aisle. You're either going to get hurt. You're going to hurt someone Mm -hmm. or hot food's going to fall over the place. And the parents are just oblivious and in conversation. And it, I can't enjoy my dinner when I see other kids running around just acting like, I don't know. Would you rather them have an iPad in front of them? Yep. (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, it's not the popular answer, but yes, if that shuts them up. Listen, I'm a fan of TV babysitters. I'm not going to lie. I've used it multiple times. Yeah. I mean, iPads are great, but I mean, there's sometimes, I mean, like when Jolie's, you know, in the restaurant, it's like I, I try to contain her as much as I can, but it's hard. Because I don't want to just go straight to the iPad. But you're not ignoring her is my point. You're not completely oblivious. She's not running around the restaurant unaccompanied, creating havoc for other people. Yeah. No, I mean, that's kind of like where it leads. Like one of my pet peeves is on an airplane when a kid is because I make sure if Jolie is not grabbing on the other person's seat in front of me or like pushing it. And still like I still have to remind her a million times not to do that. But when a parent doesn't say like, hey, stop kicking that person's seat, that drives me bonkers. Um, and then obviously my, my husband pet peeve is I get on him this a lot and he's always like, well, you're always on your phone on Instagram. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm Instagramming like Jolie in that moment, but he'll be on his phone and Jolie will be like right next. And for some reason it just bothers me. I, I'm like, I try to hide my phone so that she doesn't see that I'm on it and he'll just like blatantly be on his phone. And he's like, well, it's work. I'm like, well then like step away. Cause I'm afraid of what this generation is going to do for the kids when the parents are just like stuck on their phone. But yeah, it bothers me too, but then I find myself doing it and then I feel bad because I get on to him and then oh, I same. do the same thing. Yeah. But it's because I think it's because you're on the outside looking in and you right. see it. So you're seeing that child looking at the other parent like, hello, look at me, look at me. But when you're the one doing it, you don't think about it. True. I mean, sure I have, but I don't know. Yeah. It's like when they're like 
trying to get their attention and mm-hmm. they just can't like pull away from it. I know. It's like, that's but, when it's like, gets, um, yeah, that, but that just like scares me though for like the kind of like this, like what is, what am I going to screw my daughter up with that? Is she going to think that? Cause I mean, I remember like when my dad, I was like in middle school and I'm like, Hey dad. And he was on the computer. And then like an hour later, he's like, did someone call my name? But I don't know. Is that why I'm always like going trying to get approval i don't know or trying to get someone's attention i don't i don't know i think you're gonna screw them up somehow so how do you think you're gonna catch your screw up oh gosh how do you think so many ways so many ways if you really think about it if you think about like the things that stick in your head that your parents did that bothered you i think about it now as an adult and i'm like that probably wasn't that big of a deal that wasn't that big of a now being an adult you know but it's like Hell, I'm in therapy half the time for half the stuff. You know, I think you're I think you're kind of excuse my language. Damned if you do, damned if you don't as a parent sometimes. I think you do the best you can. Mm -hmm. But there are things that no matter you try your hardest and there are things that are going to probably stick with the kid that was a negative. A lot of positives, but there's going to be negatives. I don't I don't think anybody can be perfect and their parents are going to you know, they're going to look at their parents and think they didn't screw anything up. Right. But that's just me. Okay, so I want to talk to you guys about Brooklinen. I always say you spend almost half your life sleeping in bed, so you need comfortable sheets. And I'm so happy that I discovered Brooklinen. They were founded in April 2014 by husband and wife team Vicky and Rich, which I think is adorable. Their philosophy is the most beautiful, comfortable home essentials. No crazy prices. There's no unnecessary markups and fees. And most bedding is marked up as much as 300%. That's crazy. Brooklinen is the fastest growing bedding brand in the world. Over 20,000 five-star reviews. It has won the best of online bedding category by Good Housekeeping. And I love Good Housekeeping. They've got really great colors and patterns. Mike and I sleep in just the plain white or the nice beige. But um, this is luxury bedding underpriced. You guys have to try these sheets, okay? So to get $20 off and free shipping when you use promo code JANA at brooklinen.com. And they are so confident that they actually offer a risk-free 60-night satisfaction guarantee and a lifetime warranty on all their sheet comforters, sheets and comforters. The only way to get $20 off and free shipping is to use promo code JANA at brooklinen.com. I know you guys will love it. Can we talk about Caden's baseball game? Oh, Lord. Yes. So I was talking to Leslie about the last podcast about how Jolie... I don't know if you guys listened to it, but I said I was fine with Jolie getting a trophy. For Ooh, I have a lot to say about that. <laughs> yeah, me well, too. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> do you do you and Leslie want to just, <laughs> just go? Mike. She's two and a half. Why do they need trophies for a dance recital? Okay. Bring her flowers. You are missing I mean, a point. vacation for a cheer. Agreed. But when my son <laughs> got the first runner-up trophy, you better bet I. Pretty much did what Mike said he would do. What did you do to it? I didn't take it. I let him have it, but I wanted to throw it in the trash. They didn't win. They didn't play their best. Good job. I don't know. I'm just not all about the everybody gets. And you agree, Leslie? I totally agree. I totally. For me, runner up is first loser. Absolutely. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> I mean, it, I I just I think that it. I think that it turns into as they get older a situation where you're you're coddling your kids. Not everybody's a winner. Not everybody's going to get the job. Not everyone's going to land the promotion. It that's just it's life. And if we start giving them participation trophies because they played a season of baseball, I just think it's why. 
Why? If you won, fine. Take the trophy. Like we just, so my 14 year old is getting a new bedroom. And so we were going through all of his participation trophies. I'm like, don't you want to throw these out? He's like, uh, why? I'm like, cause you didn't really earn them. I was like the ones over there in the tournaments where you guys actually placed. Yeah. Totally keep those, put those out, display them. But I'm like the participation trophies. Like we can let go of those. And did you? He did. Okay. He did. Now, if he had dug in and said, no, I'm going to keep them, then I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have make him throw, made him throw them out. But right. at the same time, I was like, you, I mean, because you showed up. Right. Uh, you know, it's like getting a pat on the back for showing up to work. That's what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, you're on a team. You sign up to be on a team. You're supposed to show up. Right. Okay. But so here we go to, to, to Catherine's thing. So Mike was, Mike and I are, so obviously we announced that we're pregnant and we're really excited and, you know, we're, we're kind of talking about when our kids start to play sports, how we're going to handle it when maybe they might not be the best player on the team or maybe, you know, um, we want to make sure we're not too hard. Cause I remember my dad was so hard on my brother at baseball that he would make my brother cry and my brother didn't want to play baseball anymore. Yeah. He just, he stopped. He's like, I don't want to yeah. play anymore. It's not fun. Cause dad was so hard on him. So then would you like to take the. Well, first of all, I don't agree with that. I think if they don't want to play something, they don't have to. So basically, Kata made the all-star team. They're playing a tournament. First game, he, to his defense, he got put on second base. Mm -hmm. And right before the batter came up, they pulled him because there was a mistake. He's nine. He doesn't understand that. He does not know why he got pulled off. Then he proceeds to barely play at all. So, which is hard. It's hard as a parent watching it. However, our team killed the other team. He sat on that bench with his head down, basically crying the entire time because he was so fixated on the fact that he didn't play instead of cheering for his team. I ignored him. I would not look at him. Did you like mother F him? Uh, Not yet. At the point after the game, (laughs) I was like, I'm just going to ignore him. I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to let Nick handle this Uh because he's actually a little bit. He's actually better at handling that than I am, which Mm -hmm. is sad. So I ignore him. We walk back to the, I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Nick's like, just don't say anything. And then I turn around. I was like, I'm just going to say one thing, you know, but like, I was like, you won't ever play a sport ever again. If I ever see that again. Yeah, absolutely not. You cheer on your team no matter what. Well, I think it's, it comes to the thing where it's like, yeah, you can be sad. You can come to us and be like, Hey, I was really hurt that like they pulled me, but it, you were playing it with a team. Like you yep. have to be supportive of that. Yep. So I agree with you on that. Well, and sure. Nick was really good because he was like, look, I understand you were disappointed. Yeah. We were disappointed. Yeah. We weren't happy that you didn't get to go back out there at second base. You know, like we're not happy about that, but it doesn't matter. That's not the point. You cheer on your team. And he's not usually like that which I think was the worst part about it. He's usually the first kid to be cheering on the rest of his team. But I mean, honestly, it was a learning moment for him because he missed out on a really fun night. You know, they were so good that night. The rest of the ones, they got killed. So he missed his chance to like enjoy it. But we made him call the coach when we got home and apologized to him. And so hopefully it was a good teaching lesson. Well, that's what sports is all about, right? Yeah. And see, I think I would have been pissed with Caden. Oh, I was. You would have been like, mm. I, yeah, I would have been no, I, like, man, that. Oh, I don't know that I could have enjoyed the game. Oh, I was pissed. I'm yeah. still pissed because it got worse the next couple games. I hope he's not listening to this, but like, he still barely played him. But I looked at Caden on the third game and I said, I'm pissed. You cheer on your team. Let mom be pissed. You don't get to be right now. That's and I'm fair. still not happy. 
But he has to learn he can't act that way and sit there and pout because it's a selfish reaction. He has to learn how to deal with that emotion and think about the people around him. But, yeah, I was pissed. Too. Can we talk about bedtime really fast? Oh, Lord. Um, so we're in a group chat and we talk about how you guys are like the devils at night with the kids because yeah. they won't go to bed. What do I have to look forward to? Well, my uh, middle child didn't sleep until he was three through the night. Oh, my God. And we had to turn the lock around on his door and lock him in his room. <laughs> Can we, we talk did, about that? We <laughs> did the same thing. Are you serious? Yes. My pediatrician told me to do it. No, not talk about that. Why is your kid not sleeping till he's three years old? Let's talk about that. Damn, Catherine's throwing her in the bus. <laughs> yeah, well, why? my other two are champions. True. So, I don't know. I think it's because we put him in the rock and play when he was an infant. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. I no, I, I I agree with, like, um, the jo- Jolie was in her crib, like, when she was, like, two weeks old. I'm a stickler for that. Yeah. I don't want her in my room. I have nothing wrong with people sleeping with their kids in bed, but it personally, did you sleep? Did Gray sleep in your bed? No. Uh-uh. Okay. But he was in there just because I nursed him. So that's yeah. always easier. I but get that, but no. I should have read some books or something. I, just, <laughs> I thought I had magic milk cause the first, because the first. Because June slept through the night like, like six days old. Yeah. So, so I was like, like, I got this. Yeah. I think it was just three years to later. humble me. <laughs> um, hey, Mark, you want to read some emails for us? Sure thing. Should we start with Mariah? Yeah, let's start with Mariah. All right. My boyfriend has a drinking problem. She says, hey, Jana, I'm writing you this because I'm a little lost and just looking for someone to share with. My boyfriend is eight years older than me. We met when I was 19, two years ago. We moved in pretty quickly, and I've been living with him for just over a year now. It was a quick and spontaneous romance. After a few months of living together, I started to realize he has a problem with drinking. He chooses alcohol over me. I've come home to him drunk, lying. He'll even lie the next day and say he didn't drink. I've started to lose it looking in the trash, his trunk, his bags, constantly finding a bottle of whiskey hidden, nearly empty. He says it's hidden because he knows I don't like it and he gets mad and defensive. I guess all I'm wondering is if you have any advice. I don't want to give up on him. I love him, but I don't want to start the rest of my life with someone who makes me uncomfortable in my own home and someone who doesn't choose me. Ouch. That's bad. For, why why start a relationship that way? Well, and that's the thing. It's like, it's only your boyfriend. Like, yeah. Cut the ties. Yeah. Sorry. It's not going to get any better. Marrying the guy is not going to make it any better. No. 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 Marriage and kids is just going to make that way worse. And he's going to keep drinking way, yeah, yeah, way more. And he's already lying about it. Yeah. The lying. That's not good, girl. And you can't get him help unless he wants help, right? Is that the. Exactly. Yeah. If she. uh, Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Like, Mariah, bring it up to him and say, like, hey, I'm out if you don't work on your drinking. And if he doesn't see that it's a problem, that's a problem. And you need to be out and you need to walk away next this is from an anonymous emailer she says hi Jana. i had a work injury that caused anxiety and panic attacks i was it was devastating i went to multiple therapists and tried really hard to maintain my relationship my excellent boyfriend stuck with me the entire time however we stopped having sex due to the medication we love each other so much but we are not in love with each other he was not giving me what i needed and i was constantly looking for it with other men fast forward to today my health is on the up I am no longer on medication as of January, and I have an excellent new job. In terms of my relationship, we are improving a lot in communication. However, I want to fix what we have in terms of romance. I'm like you, where I want that PDA and attention, and he's the opposite. I've communicated my needs to him, and I hope with small steps we can get back to a better place. All our friends are married with kids, and those are things I want, but I need to make sure we can bring back that romance first. Well, had like... uh 
that's awesome that you're off medication. I've been trying to get off my anxiety medication for years and I still can't, but so that's amazing. I'm glad everything's good with you. Um, yeah, like I, again, I love PDA, but I just think communication is what I would say needs to be better, um, in order to kind of move forward with that. Um, I was kind of, I was talking about that with, with Leslie this morning, we were talking about how, it's a little odd for, for me as a woman. I want it more <laughs> and I love PDA, but again, we have different love languages. Um, you know, C- Catherine's love language, like my husband's is acts of service and right. And gifts and gifts. And like, you know, physical Don't touch forget. isn't her thing. I mean, Leslie yours is, you know, I think mine is acts of service, and as much as I don't want to admit it, probably gifts too. You girls, <laughs> that's what is yours? <laughs> uh, quality time. Oh, okay, yeah. So I think it's just kind of getting on the same page. But when you're not in love with someone, I mean, I don't know. Like it's, I feel like you kind of. For me personally, I think you can fall in and out of love in a relationship, especially if you're married. I mean, did you've been married for how long? To Seventeen years. I mean, have you guys kind of gone in a where you kind of look at them and oh, say, I don't sure. know. Sure. I, I don't know that. I've, I've never looked at him and said, I don't know, but I've definitely looked at him and say, said, oh, we're in, we're like, it's a roller coaster ride. I'm going to say that there's peaks and there's valleys. Mm-hmm. And all I can say is when you hit that valley, put on your seatbelt and stay on the ride. Yeah. But, you know, if it's this hard and they're not even married yet, it shouldn't shouldn't be that hard yet. Like, what are your what are your real issues? You bring kids into the mix and that gets hard. Yeah. I just don't think it should be hard at this phase. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I would go to therapy and get some steps if she wants to stay in it. It's like there's little things you can do, like even just reading that book. And then if the not, languages. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then if not, it's like, okay, you guys aren't married. Here's your out. Yep. Next. Jenny Lynn says, hey, Jana, my husband and I have been together for eight years, married for six this fall, and we have two beautiful toddlers. Life looks great from the outside. On the inside, we are struggling to keep our marriage together. We've been through three episodes of infidelity, and last summer he decided he wanted a divorce. We both started going to counseling. I desperately want to keep my family together and have the kind of marriage we both deserve, but I'm struggling to be receptive to the change. I feel like I'm so hurt and shut down that I don't even know how to put that behind me and walk this new path. I want to be the kind of wife he needs, but I can't put the years of neglect and hurt out of my mind. I'm still in an angry place. How do I let go and start fresh? How do I forgive and try to move forward when the trust is so broken? I would love to hear your experience with moving forward and embracing the change. Personally, what hurt me from that is that he wanted to get out. You know what I mean? Would that hurt you guys? Like hearing? Yeah, that? I mean, I'm, is he still wanting to stay? Is he? Yeah, real? Mark. Do you th- what part? It sounds like he agreed to counseling, but he did make that decision last summer. I want a divorce, but now they're going to go through counseling. So I feel like that's an effort on his part to save this thing. Yeah, but I don't know. I mean, if he's verbalized that he wants out, you have to. Maybe he's was done long before she's done. You both have to want it. Right. Yeah. And that's the thing that I'll say about Mike and I. It's, you know, there were, yeah, did did I want to divorce him? Did he want to divorce me? Um, Yes. Well, no. Well, hmm. he wanted to because I was kind of holding Jolie against him. (laughs) Catherine's like quiet right now. (laughs) Um, But that was when I was on Dancing with the Stars. But anyways, we're not going to go there. But um, (laughs) I was just having that moment where I was like, you can't see your child. And I knew that was bad. So anyways, but um, 
he was willing to put the work in. I was willing to put the work in. So that's where, like, again, it has to be 50-50 or at least even, like, I mean, if he's the one that's doing, like, even if you just show up at all. But the fact that he's, like, wanting to give up loses me a little hope for the situation because if he's the one that did the infidelity and he's the one that doesn't want to really try, I mean, yes, he wants to go to counseling. That's great. But if, if he's already just like, I want a divorce, I mean, that's... The that's, infidelity could have been his exit strategy. Yeah. And that's tough. So, I mean, I how do you start fresh? I mean, starting fresh, you guys got to get to a place that you guys are both committed to really, truly working on it. And the trust that's broken, I mean, it takes, I mean, shoot, we're, we're two years past discovery and it's still, I mean, there's still things that are hard to trust, but it's what we call them is there, we call them um, building blocks. So there's certain things that he'll do that will put a building block up. And, you know, there's things that he's, he's torn them all down, but you see, slowly build those blocks back up and that's what helps you start to trust again. So if he's able to truly meet you and not just throw on the towel, then yeah, definitely try, but it's going to take, they say it takes three to five years. And I'll say, you know, I'm sure my girls were wanting me to get divorced when this happened. I mean, we've, we all kind of like pretty much talked about it where it's like, you know, just divorce them. But I remember the therapist said, if there's been infidelity or any big thing that has happened, give it a year. And then reassess. And then so we did. That's what we did. We gave it a year. We put a timeline on it. And then you go back to that therapist and say, okay, now how many months are you comfortable with? Okay, I'm comfortable with giving you three more months. And then you keep building on months. And then you're like, oh, shoot, we're three years. Okay, let's I'll give you another year or something. So you can try that. But he's got to be in it. Um, All right. Well, ladies, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. I love you girls. Thank you for being always there for me and for being true sisters in in life. Love Love you you guys. You guys. Bye. 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 Okay. So I want to talk to you about quip. The truth is most of us are brushing our teeth wrong. Not long enough. Do you know that you have to brush your teeth for two minutes? Well, here's the thing. Quip has a timer on it. It's so amazing. It's electric toothbrush. That's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. It's really cute too. It's rose gold and I love it because it also has a really cute traveling case with it too. And when you're not traveling, all you have to do is stick it to your window. Boom. It's the best. The Quip subscription plans are for your health, not just convenience. They deliver new brush heads on a dentist recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free shipping worldwide. Quip also comes with a mount, like I was telling you guys, that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks as a cover for your hygienic travel which is amazing. And also Oprah had it on her Oprah's O list. So like I said, if Oprah says jump, I jump. So if she uses a toothbrush, I'm going to use this toothbrush. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash Jana right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with the Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash Jana. All right. We are... Um I am here now with my girl, Kristen Brust. I am just so in love with you. It's not even funny. I know. It's a little sickening. Preston's yeah. Like, do you even care about me? <laughs> do, would you like to say who Preston is? Uh, Preston's my husband, and he is half of the duo Low Cash Country. Sing one of their songs. <laughs> <laughs> some of us promote records, and some of us <laughs> sing records. Um, so Kristen and I are soulmates. We met about two and a half years ago. 
Yeah, at least. At least well, three, maybe three years ago. Yeah. Before um, the girls were here. Yeah, before the girls. Um, she has a beautiful daughter named Love, who is just stunning. Well, take stunning to know stunning. Jolie is amazing. Oh, that's very sweet. Thank you. Built-in besties. <laughs> yes, they're built-in besties. Love is, she's almost, when's she going to be three? Uh, January. And I see a very large bump right now. It's a big bump. How many weeks are you? Uh, 33. 33 weeks. And so your due date is like in no time. Yeah. Middle of the hot, hot summer. Oof. Yeah. God. I know. The so, January baby was a way better idea. Yeah, I know. Mashed Same. potatoes yeah. and big sweaters. <laughs> so my my connection with Kristen and why I love her so much, not only because she's from Michigan, but her heart is so pure and we really relate to each other because we have both suffered miscarriages. Um, Are we going to cry today? <laughs> I felt it come over me already. Okay. Um, I, you had your, would you like to explain that, uh, your miscarriage story? Yeah. We, um, we had love bug really. I, I always hate saying this because it seems so not fair, but it, she was our first try pregnancy. Wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Um, just really easy. I worked up until, I mean, my due date, I had a very easy delivery. So when we, um, we weren't trying for a second, also feel spoiled in saying that, but um, weren't not trying, so it was fine. Um, and you just kind of had this, at least we had this kind of confidence, like uh, reigning champs, like we've already done this once, this is, you know, so when you know what to expect when you go into an ultrasound room and you know what you think you're going to see, it's just a whole different world when you walk in and it's not what you thought you'd see. So it was our second baby. We would have been nine weeks at the ultrasound, but the baby was measuring small, like six weeks. Six weeks. And I'm pretty OCD with the app. Like, I'm pretty on Mm -hmm. top of it. So what to expect at? Um, Well, it's like a My Period app. So I track everything. (laughs) Okay, got it. Yeah. (laughs) If anyone wants to know what my love calendar looks like. (laughs) Um, So I knew how many weeks we were and they were saying, well, it looks like it's measuring small and I'm, and you could just kind of see it come over the technician's face. And I knew, you know, like, you know, it's not six weeks, but you're also just hopefully optimistic. So we kind of, they kind of gently prepared us for miscarriage in the first visit, but also we're like, Hey, you know, if your levels match, Maybe it is just early and maybe you're off, which I knew wasn't the case. But I was like, okay, we're going to be done worrying and we'll just focus on growing a really positive baby. So we waited 10 days to come back for the second ultrasound and same. Same measurement. Yeah. It, still nothing. Like I could tell. You could see a little baby bean, but there was nothing. So we they give you choices, which... I know you know all too much about, and that's when I called you because I'm mm-hmm. like. So basically, in that instance, you can either miscarry naturally. You can um, wait. You can wait and miscarry naturally. or Which you is can, like a time bomb, really. It's hard, yeah. Because you mean, don't know when. Yeah, or you can do a DNC, which is they put you under for a little bit and they get the embryo out. Um, or you can take a medicine and induce a the process. Induce it. Which one did you do again? I forgot. 
pretty much I had a one I had the three in one method. So we kind of wait. We decided we would wait. Oh, we decided that waiting was a good idea only because I was like foolishly still thinking maybe something. We're a pretty Christ-centered family, so for me I'm like, well, you know, God's made all of this out of nothing. You know, our whole world out of nothing. So this baby is his baby, and he'll just grow it when he wants to grow it. So um, we did, we kind of just waited to lose was ultimately what it was. And I had chatted with you, which I hate that you knew, but you were like my grounding force because I didn't, you don't know what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And I'd heard that losing naturally was pretty traumatic and that's probably the most accurate word for it yeah um but then how do you pick to objectively go in for a surgery and just be done with it you know Mm -hmm. and i just wasn't my body was already done growing a baby but my heart was not done growing a baby and so you miscarried at home Mm -hmm. and preston was gone out of town yeah yeah and that's the other thing. You don't know when it's going to happen. So what do you cancel weeks of tour? And and then also in our positions, like you and I, if you are canceling shows, you need to give reasons. And I wasn't prepared to tell anyone that we were A, pregnant, and B, that we were losing because I didn't even know how to wrap my own brain around that. So Right. And um, – do you kind of hold that now against Preston a little bit? Like not, not because he, it's not like he didn't not want to be there for you, but I mean, you essentially, I mean, that's, it's a very lonely feeling whether they're there or not, but then on top of it, not having him there, I've, I've, I don't. Yeah, it was, um, my sole advice to most married couples is to just be with each other. Mm-hmm. He couldn't know any different. I couldn't know any different. Now, knowing what we know, he has said the sentence to me, I'm sorry I wasn't there, and I would change that a million times, which is what I needed. But at the time, you are so, you're so in your own body. Like, I can't Mm -hmm. even really describe it. And I hate that way too many people listening to this know exactly that feeling. Yeah. Um, But it's a lot. And I will say we've had a friend just recently that lost, and her husband travels a ton. And my advice to her was he needs to get home. Mm-hmm. And I, it's, you know, I didn't, it's just a lot, it's really heavy and you don't make a baby alone. So you don't want to lose one alone. It's kind of where we ended up. I agree with you, but I think I went through something different. I, so I, Mike had to work and again, I wish he was there, but for some reason I just shut down. So I had the last one I had a, a DNC and I just shut him out completely I don't know it's, what that was just my way of coping. I, I wouldn't talk to him, isolation. but it was so unfair to him because he's not the only person that like, I'm not the only person that lost. He lost too. Right. But I took it so selfishly in a way like this was my body and I lost the bit and I took it. I kept thinking it was my fault because I kept losing. So I was right. like, this is my fault. There is some sort of really strange guilt of failure or something that comes. Oh yeah. Which is not fair and it's not real, mm-hmm. but it's all on us. So it feels that way. And I'm with you like I don't honestly it's so graphic and so horrible that I wouldn't really in my heart I didn't I wouldn't want him in our bathroom with me while that was happening Mm -hmm. because I don't know (laughs) that he'd ever want more babies and I don't know that he'd honestly like it's a lot yeah 
Um, but I do, I, I know what you're saying. Like you get isolated and especially for our type is the same. You and I <laughs> pretty independent. We're from the D. You can, you can take the D out of, you can, you can take the girl out of Detroit, but you can't take Detroit out of the girl. Oh, uh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Don't mess with either one of us. Um, and certainly don't mess with the other one because yeah. we will cut someone on your behalf. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I got really independent and then I just kind of felt like you don't know. And it, it's just a ton. And I'm, it is hard for them, but they don't, they don't know like we know it. I know. We're because we're growing it. We're we're feeling it. We're you know we we're not drinking we're, we're wine puking. for it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're, not, we're not drinking wine for it. We're puking. We're we're feeling miserable. Our hormones are all over the place, and then our hormones have to reset again. And like, and it's a crash when you miscarry. Oh yeah. The hormone rebound is like, yeah. It took us a few months to rebuild us from that yeah. because I just was like. I felt not good enough. I felt, you know, yeah. I was mad at him. I was mad at myself. I was mad at what did I do wrong? What's wrong with me? And that stress isn't good for you to even think about wanting another one. Yeah. So know? how long did you wait then? A long time. We waited. I mean, I say a long time for some. It might not seem long enough, but um, they told us we could start trying in another two months. And I just was not anywhere near ready. So we waited almost a year before we tried again. And even then, it's not, it's a different feeling, you mm-hmm. know? When did you get attached to the baby? I honestly took me an embarrassingly long time. Always loving, very nurturing. I'm a pretty Care Bear L. Woods person anyway, mm-hmm. so. L. Woods. I mean, I really love aggressively when I love, so. But, I mean, we wouldn't, uh, we had the ACMs in April, and so I knew we would have to announce before that because it looked less party girl body and more like a baby at that point. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, they're going to bust us. Um, But had it not been for the ACMs um, and walking that carpet, which is all great, fun, wonderful thing, we probably would have never announced publicly. And I don't know if that's just protective or – but I – I definitely had to wait till after our 20 week ultrasound, the anatomy scan. Like I needed to see it. I needed Mm -hmm. to, I needed to see it swallow. I needed to see its heartbeat. I wanted to see all the toes. I mean, I needed everything before I finally was like, okay, we're having this baby. Right. Cause you just, I I kept describing it as cautiously excited, but that's all I could really pick. Do you feel that way now? Oh, a hundred percent. I'm still driving here. I was just like, what if it's gone? I think it's gone. I think it's gone right now. Like, I I, I don't feel nauseous right now. Yeah. If you don't feel sick, you're yeah. like, something's wrong. If you do feel sick, something's wrong. Yeah. I debated going to the gyne- my old gynecologist here just to be like, can I just hear the heartbeat? Because I have this like cheap thing that I got from the store to kind of like hear the heartbeat and I can right. never hear it yet. So I'm always like freaking out like it's gone. I go, I went in an embarrassingly amount of times. Yeah. But I mean, I, I, but they were really great. My doctor's office is freaking phenomenal. And they just said any, I mean, honestly, I kind of wanted to like propose to my doctor after we lost. She was just so it's crazy what women. It's I said this, I think I said it on the blog that I wrote, but miscarriage. Would just, you we talk about that for a second? Because yeah. I, when I miscarried in, uh, let's see, it was December. I I had your blog for a while and I didn't know when the right time was. And when I miscarried, um in, in December, I knew that was the right time because I didn't have the words and you had every single feeling in that that I wanted to say. So if you like, want to go explain the blog. Yeah, I mean, we so writing for me has always been a passion. It's always been where my heart is. It's therapy for me since I was little. 
Um, and when we lost, I wrote of the loss between six and eight weeks after we lost. So I promised myself one thing. That blog would never change. I would never go in and edit it because it was where I was. And I felt like everything I was trying to find in those moments of loss, every blog was on the other side and it was about the rainbow. And it was about and I, I couldn't find anyone that was exactly where I was. So for me, writing that whole piece had to be so someone could I could meet someone exactly where they were like you, like one in three women, you know, but to know that they weren't alone and to know the really crappy parts of it, but also that you're not by yourself because it, it feels really freaking lonely. Mm-hmm. Can you, what's the blog name again? Uh, it's, I titled it what heaven takes. Um, and my blog is a little bit fancy blog.com. Um, a little so for anyone that I've experienced a miscarriage, I promise you the, those words it's it, it's exactly what you feel and for me it made me feel not alone which is why i because i didn't want to publicly announce it because again i feel like miscarriage is such like a you don't you don't talk about it but no i think it needs to be because god it's the most lonely most defeating not good enough feeling and just sad it's, it's devastating literally loss. like i told someone i'm like it's like having a funeral without an obituary it's mm-hmm. like it's medical, right? So your body is already in this like whirlwind. And on top of it, you're mourning the loss of someone that you didn't even get to meet, which is just like one of the worst feelings ever. Do you ever feel guilty about, because I, I felt this when I when we announced that we were pregnant and that I had miscarriages, I felt guilty for a second. Not not talking about my losses, but the fact that there are women out there that have been trying for years and don't even have one child. I am super close with a woman who has had several miscarriages and never had a baby. I'm actually a couple and two, both of them you probably know as well, but it's the guilt is unreal. Like even when we announced, I was like, these pictures have to be sentimental. They have to feel real. They, because not everybody gets to post a rainbow picture and right. rainbows look different for everybody. I mean, there's women that I know that their rainbow is now adoption or rainbow baby for those don't know is a baby after loss. Yep. But again, like it, it's, I, I feel bad. I'm like, it's like, I, I, I'm almost waiting for the comments. Like, Oh, you don't know what a struggle is because you have a beautiful child. And I've been waiting for my child, you know, our, our good friends, yep. Candace and Scott have been trying for years and it breaks my heart. That's like, these two people are the most beautiful, wonderful people like, I want to be their daughter. I, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I know. It's like, but they can't. I mean, they've tried everything. IVFs to IUI. I mean, literally everything. And, and it's she's like, made and it's, it far. Yeah. I mean, she's made it to 20 weeks. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. So it's like, I, in those times where I'm like, I hold Jolie and I'm like, I'm just so thankful. But there's still that part that I'm still, you know. The guilt. The guilt. Yeah. I do feel that. I feel that all of the time. And especially after the blog was published and after you had posted and I got all these moms. I have the most beautiful females in America following me now, thanks to that blog. And they are like, they just, I feel like they've trusted me with it. And Mm -hmm. I almost felt guilty for even telling, you know, like it feels guilty even tell them. Why were you afraid to tell me? uh, You're going to make me cry. I want to know why you were afraid to tell me. Because not everybody gets this. Don't you cry. know, <laughs> no, I, I, because I, but not everybody gets to have the rainbow. Like I know what it felt like. I mean, we're 
um, I need to lock it up. <laughs> you know, we're part of a duo, uh, a country duo, and and the other half of our duo got pregnant a month after we were pregnant with our second. And our whole year was celebrating this new life that was coming. And I know how that felt for me. And it's no one's fault. I mean, truthfully, it's no one's fault. And, and I never... Oh, I mean this from the core of me. Jealousy was never, ever it. It was just wanting to celebrate. The, I want every person celebrated, you know, but it does not hurt any less to watch bellies grow and to walk carpets with a bump. And, you know, that's not your bump. That is. Mm-hmm. And I know that feeling. And it's like, I don't know if I'm, am I allowed to cuss in here? Yeah. He'll okay. beep, beep it up. Okay. Like I, you know, it's like, damn it. And then I have to call. You think that's a cuss word. That's <laughs> fine. <laughs> I've cleaned it up because I'm in toddler mode most of the time. Okay. I have a song um, named Damn It, so we're screwed. If that's the time. No, no. Yeah. It's a great song, by the way. Everyone should download. I mean, can I plug you on your own podcast? No. Um, but it is, it's a lot. Like, I just hate that. And, and I knew you, your response to me, though, is what I need everyone to hear because that, it's so, I had to tell probably four of my closest girlfriends who had lost within eight to 10 weeks of us being pregnant. I felt like everyone around me was losing and I'm like, this is not fair, you know? And when I wrote to you and was like, I just know how this feels and I won't be mad at you if you need to take a break from me because you just, everyone handles it differently, you know? And you just wrote, I could lose a million babies and still love this one and be so excited for you. Mm. And I was like, this is why we're friends forever. Well, it's, I just, I love you. And I just, I want to be, you know, it, and look, I mean, is it hard to see friends get pregnant after you lost? Yeah. But it's, again, like you said, it's not a jealousy thing. It's just like a, a want, like an, an like a, a yearning, like in your yeah. heart, like you want it. Um, but the great thing was, is when you told me, I was like, hey, Kristen. I'm pregnant too. <laughs> no. like, You're like, I'm, it's okay, babe. I'm like, I'm only like six weeks, but yeah, like I love you too. You know what I mean? And then you were, you were there for me when I was like, Hey, Oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm getting crampy. Like, is, am I losing it? Like, and no. you were like there for me too. So I just, I, I love you. And I appreciate you sharing your story because, and I appreciate your blog. So everybody, please say the, say the address again. Yep. It's, um, a little, not like a rapper, LIL. It's a little bit fancy <laughs> blog.com. Um, and a little bit fancy is my Instagram too. So you can link to it from there. Um, but that blog is legitimately raw feelings from six to eight weeks out. And I've never, I have not edited a word since I wrote it. Yeah. So I just, and I just want to say thank you because when I didn't have the words you did, and there are so many women out there, I mean, I've just, I get emails and, you know, um, texts and comments and direct messages just about the struggle and just the fact that we're talking about it is starting a conversation and it's the women should not feel alone and i want us to own it a little bit more because i will tell you something very special about women that have lost to me is a really raw bravery that we all have and our compassion and our look on things is so different and that is a pretty common thread i mean I have a lot of moms that are following me that are still looking for a rainbow and haven't found it yet. And still their compassion level, their bravery. It's we, I I wish we could own it a little bit more for ourselves. Agree. And I did publish that blog before we found out we were pregnant. And that was important to me too, because I didn't, everybody talks about miscarriage when there's a rainbow coming. Yeah. 
you know, and so many people are in that spot of not ever knowing if they'll ever have another baby or if they'll even have one. I know. Okay, so I want to talk to you about Skylar. It's a self-care lifestyle brand centered around scents. They offer consciously crafted hypoallergenic, which is huge, fragrances, perfumes, and candles, which are my absolute favorite. I'm obsessed with candles. They're made with natural ingredients for yourself and your home with the ultimate goal of supporting and empowering women. Uh, sign me up. Their clean, modern perfumes are unique, light, and they never overpower, so you can feel great about spritzing. So here's the thing. There's... A couple amazing scents. Um, Arrow, it's spicy, warm, and seductive. There's coral, which is fruity, floral, and flirty. Isle, which is clean, dewy, and fresh. Meadow, floral, elegant, and beautiful. Meadow is my favorite. The perfumes are made from natural ingredients and are free of parabens and other potential harmful chemicals. Hypoallergenic formula is a skin safe and non-irritating. Skylar is cruelty-free, vegan, and never tested on animals. They're consciously crafted with a blend of real flowers, fresh fruit, essential oils, and botanicals to create smooth, natural, and refined scents unlike any other. So here's the thing. For a limited time offer, try the Skylar Sample Palette with free shipping, plus earn a $20 credit towards your next full-size perfume purchase. Visit Skylar.com slash Jana. Hey, Mark. um, I need you to read Hope Powell's email please i would be happy to hi jana just wanted to start off by saying i love your show and listen to it every monday one topic i would love to hear you touch on in hopes of it helping me is your miscarriage and how you deal with it i know it's an extremely sensitive subject and maybe hearing how you cope with it how to stop blaming yourself or asking all the what ifs or imagining how different your life could have been could help me i experienced a miscarriage myself and keep getting told everything happens for a reason but i feel like nobody truly understands the hurt until they experience it themselves I hate that everything happens for a reason. I get it. And I preach that to people all the time. I know. But it's a hard thing to hold on to when you lose something. Well, because you're not just losing something. You're losing a person. True. You know, yeah. like, so I do have, I this is all I have. Listen, I have no former form. See, I have no brain either. I have no formal title in this other than I tell everyone my PhD is in perspective. And that's just mostly for survival, I think, at this point. But I think everything happens for a reason is really hard to swallow and and a little unfair. I mean, like you get rear-ended and maybe that happened for a reason, but you don't lose a, I don't know. I I don't even know if that's even fair, but one thing I have really held on to, and maybe this is helpful, is I do think souls float around us. I do think they land when they, they can land and we get to keep them when we get to keep them. I think that I've learned, I have learned separately, very different learning curves here, but pretty, both huge between toddlerhood and my two and a half year old probably has taught me just as much as a a baby I never met at 12 weeks. So I don't even know if I'm answering the question. My whole point is what I do rest in is knowing that my little person is in the safest place they can be. And that little soul gets to meet a lot of people that have left before them, which is pretty phenomenal to me. And my biggest with this baby, especially with the rainbow baby is that this little rainbow baby knows exactly what baby lion too. That's what we call it. Baby lion. Um, 
baby lion two looks like and it knows what jesus looks like and when i get to meet this baby i know that it will never be able to tell me but at least i know it's seen both faces which is pretty cool to me that's beautiful yeah what about the blaming because i have a hard time with that i blame myself all the time because i'm like all right well we can conceive but i keep losing it it's my body that's that's bad and that stress my, is horrible for you yeah I mean, but i don't know i i guess it's just you gotta <sighs> talk to myself here but it's we're doing the best we can and some things we just, you know, got to be healthy. And I don't even know if I'm at a point where I still don't think it's my fault a little bit. I know. Me too. You know? Yeah. Like I wish I had some really great profound thing to say, but I do still feel like maybe it was because we were like, whoa, that happened fast. Or, you know, like part of me still guilts thinking that it is partially my fault or something. It's not. I'll just say that I know. And it's, I can say that to you, too. I know, I know, I know. But it's still it's still hard. But we're going to we just need to keep reminding our each other that it's not our fault. It's not. And yes. it really, truthfully, objectively is not. And some souls are just not. Some some of those people teach us stuff before they and, and we never even get to meet them. Mm-hmm. It just is what it is. Mark, let's do one more from Aaron Galvin. All right. Aaron Galvin says, Hi, Jenna. I was listening to episode five of the podcast and heard you mention going through IVF. My husband was recently diagnosed with unexplained infertility and we will be starting IVF in January. I have been really struggling with the fact that we have to do IVF and the emotional roller coaster I'm on since we found out never seems to end. Add a couple of pregnant close friends and some days I just feel broken and alone. I would love if you could do an episode on infertility in general and all the emotions and ups and downs that go along with it. You never did IVF, did you? No. IVF is tough. I mean, I'll say this. The hormones are really, really, really hard. But you took progesterone. Yes. For which is pregnancy. a part of IVF. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also did progesterone for this one, too. But I mean, it's the, what progesterone does in general. Those hormones are. It's intense. It's, in, it's, it's very intense. But unfortunately, you know, some women have to go the IVF route. And, you know, I've, I've, done, an, I've done two cycles with IVF. And unfortunately, they haven't. Well, they attached but then I had a chemical loss on both but it's it's really hard and you just you need to have a very 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 supportive partner I can't imagine how frustrating that must be which part (laughs) (laughs) all of it yeah um but just the thought that like you've you you're doing you have like a whole team behind a baby Mm -hmm. and you've done it you've lined it up so Mike has a hard time because he felt like he was playing God and that's what he didn't like and I and I I understand that, but at the same time, like sometimes you just need those chemical you you need those injections and the, have the hormones for your hormones, and some women just need that. And I and I think the reason I got pregnant was because both times I got pregnant, and well, you know, after Jolie was an IVF cycle, and then the second one I I lost my IVF cycle, and then I got pregnant with this baby. So I don't know if my body just needs that booster boost but you know what i can just say to you is i just have give yourself grace and and tell your husband to give you some grace too and just warn him that hey like my hormones are going to be up and down and i'm really going to need you to be like rock steady for me someone has to be even someone has to because none of us yeah listen none of us are really born even yeah women we're a little and i have a um i just put out the video on my youtube channel today about my ivf journey and it's (laughs) i mean i made my husband 
take some of the sh- like a shot like not the medicine inside of it but i it made me feel better like that he was like he's like you know put it in me i'll show you that it doesn't hurt you know because i was scared of the needle so good dude yeah good dude but man. just you know make sure you have a steady support system and and i think you you know I, again i just wish we women would talk more like you said and be sensitive to it you know we have a neighbor who i'm obsessed with i adore her um and they've had two ivf cycles now um, they do now have baby Brooks, and he is Yay. so handsome. It's, like, absurd. Um, but their first loss was three weeks after our loss. And, you know, and that's where I go, okay. And for some reason in my brain, I calculated, like, I'm the one in three, so none of my friends will have to lose because I've lost on our behalf, you know, yeah. which is dumb. But you start to learn that miscarriage doesn't discriminate. But it's interesting because they lost on their first IVF, and I've been so – careful about how I approach how easily we do get pregnant. I mean, staying pregnant is a different story, mm-hmm. but I don't ever take that for granted either, you mm-hmm. know, and just to be gentle with each other because she, you know, she lost a baby three weeks after I lost a baby and now she has this brand new baby and I have a brand new baby coming, you know, right. and we've team worked through it and it isn't easy but we everybody's story is so special and and it's so tender and every woman's heart is so motherly whether you're actually a mother or not we just need to be careful with each other amen sisterhood well thank you for being on the show i, I love, love you. you so much and um you want to go have lunch i want to eat all the things okay so <laughs> perfect all right two pregnant women are brought to go have lunch in nashville thanks for winding down with me and my girls here in nashville y'all 